You are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I am your host Amy. This is the podcast where we talk about relevant and totally relevant topics. The idea here is to spread aesthetic vibes. You're here now, so why don't you hang out and we'll talk some shit. Welcome to today's episode. I hope everybody is well. I am well. <laughs> I have been do- doing a lot of work. So, yeah, um, got internet issues, which is going crazy. I've got IT issues for my jobs. <laughs> it's a bit frustrating. Um, also, today I come to you with my Ghost Malone shirt. Get it? Get it? <laughs> Two of my most favorite things brought together, Post Malone and Ghosts. Ah, perfection. Okay, so in today's ep, I think I mentioned a few episodes ago that I wanted to talk about the Cecil Hotel. I don't know what I mentioned it in relation to. There was something. Sorry, I'm just adjusting. I'm just adjusting the microphone for those listening that can't see Um, what I'm doing and again if you're hearing this noise I have a swivel ring on it's like an anxiety ring and I usually hold it still when I'm potting but every now and then you do hear it so that's what that sound is if you've heard it in the past and gone what is that weird noise anyway not the reason why we're here today I mentioned something about the Cecil Hotel in a prior episode and I said I'm going to cover the Cecil Hotel in a future episode well that's today Today I want to talk about the Cecil Hotel, later renamed to Stay on Main in Los Angeles, down in Skid Row. I have been fascinated by this location for years, as long as I can remember. When I found out about this location, I fell down a rabbit hole of research and investigation. And then the documentary was um, developed and launched and so I watched the documentary which I think it was four four really extensive episodes four or six can't remember I devoured that and then after that I've fallen down other <laughs> rabbit holes looking into this damn place so I'll just start with the you know the Cecil Hotel is well known for uh, the tragic death of Elisa Lamb going back I can't even remember how many years now uh, however there is more there is more sinister and evil that has been in this location. Her tragic, tragic death was was very, very sad. You know, um, for those who don't know, something occurred with her and her mental state. She was originally rooming with uh, a stack of backpackers and that's what she was doing as well. And then there was a disagreement between some of the other backpackers and herself and she actually got removed from the backpacker room that they were staying in and the hotel put her in an individual room. And there's very, very bizarre footage of her doing something in an elevator, pressing all the buttons, going up and down, um, sort of hiding from someone that you can't see on the surveillance camera doing these weird hand movements that's that I talked about that and I said something about Gumby how I couldn't physically do it you need to be Gumby to do so anyway and then goes missing uh 
tenants of the Cecil Hotel complain the water pressure is terrible and it smells and tastes like shit. So somebody goes up, investigates, and finds her body in a water tank on the roof that was locked from the outside. But no one had been up there. And they don't even know how she got up there. And they don't know how it got locked. Bizarre, right? So that's that's the whole Elisa Lamb thing. However, there is so much more that's happened here. I've got a lot of facts and figures today. A lot of uh, like data and evidence. So you will catch me looking more predominantly at my laptop. I don't want to misrepresent any of this stuff. So I will be as accurate as possible. I do recommend that if this interests you, there is so much research out there. Go ahead, do the research. You won't be disappointed when you find out, you know, exactly what's occurred in this location. And I encourage you to think more broadly around, is something else at play here? Apologies, you can probably hear some of the traffic. I don't know why the middle of a day on a Tuesday is the best time to be hooning around. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, like all these exhausts. I don't even know how you'd sit in a car or on a bike and be able to listen to that and just be like, oh yeah, this is comfortable. Don't you have a headache or a migraine from that? I already do and I'm not even on it. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's get on with the Cecil Hotel. So back back many years ago the Cecil Hotel was quite a scrappy looking place it was brick and it had a yellow sign on the front that read Hotel Cecil there was a big red sign on the side of the building and if you know anything or you've seen anything to do with the Cecil Hotel you would know the big red sign with the white text on it in talking about the advertising rates for the rooms I believe um, there's an edit on the sign and it looks like the word daily is more right aligned than what it should be and there's kind of something that's been scribbled out before it it used to say monthly rates or monthly affordable rates something like that but they actually changed it to daily affordable rates whatever the sign says okay so you walk into the hotel and apparently it's stunning. I've seen pictures. It's beautiful. It's very old school. Um, a lot of those kind of red and yellow colors that were used um, you know, back, 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 back to make things look, you know, expensive and luxurious. There are marble lobby floors and there's stained glass windows with potted palms everywhere. Apparently... About $2.5 million was invested into the hotel by, by three investors. And from there became Hotel Cecil, the Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Hotel has more deaths than any other hotel in the world. It, is, it was founded in about 1924 in downtown LA. And some people report that it had 15 floors others report 19 but there were roughly 700 hotel rooms and it was originally designed to be the location of business investors and tourists however the great depression hit and then the hotel actually became a budget stay location 
for individuals. And, you know, common tenants in the, the hotel, Cecil, Cecil Hotel, I'll just refer to it as uh, Cecil Hotel for, you know, avoidance of me having to say it twice. <laughs> Some of the frequent stayers, tenants of the location were sex workers, drug dealers and homeless people. And it stemmed from these really, really cheap rates for the hotel rooms. The hotel was situated on Skid Row, otherwise known as downtown LA. And, you know, it was a rundown area, a lot of homelessness, and the hotel was very much on top of Skid Row. So you they were able, you know, where possible, the homeless or those with little money to pick up a room in the hotel here and there. There were also long-term tenants who lived in the building and they paid, you know, budget rates to live there permanently. The LA Police Department would receive multiple calls a day from the hotel and a lot of tenants of the hotel would stay longer term. Let's talk a little bit about its history, right? So it's been around since about 1927. The first documented suicide or death at the Cecil Hotel was on the evening of the 22nd of July 1927, where Percy got into an argument. So it's just this random gentleman. His name's Percy Ormond Cook. He was staying. He got into an argument with his wife and they had a child together and it became unable to be reconciled. So um, he threw himself out a window. He literally just jumped out the window. Um, and that was that, right? In the 1930s, four additional people took their lives in the hotel and it was never determined whether this was 100% suicide or whether there in fact was some foul play. So we've got a gentleman, W.K. Norton, who committed suicide through ingesting poison. Benjamin Dodditch shot himself in the head. Sergeant Lewis Borden slit his throat, his own throat. I couldn't think of anything more difficult to do to than to slit your own throat like far out man so in about the 1930s there was a gentleman who was pinned to the exterior wall by a truck so i'm not sure of the details but he obviously got rammed by a truck he got stuck against the wall and he died in 1937 there was a lady grace um, margro who fell from the building into telephone wires it isn't known if that was an accident, suicide, or she was shoved out the window. 1938, we had Roy Thompson, and he fell from the building and was found on the skylight of a neighbouring building. So he checked into Cecil Hotel, and he was later found dead on a skylight. There was 1938, Edwin Niblett ingested poison and was found dead in his room. 1940, Dorothy Seeger ingested poison and died. In 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell was staying at the hotel. She apparently didn't know she was pregnant, gave birth to a baby boy on the floor in the bathroom of one of the hotel rooms. She allegedly was there with, uh, I don't know if it was a husband or like a partner of, of some other definition, and she didn't want him to know so she actually took the baby and threw it out the window um she did claim 
that the baby was stillborn, which is why she tossed it out the window. However, when the police got there and they conducted their investigations, they actually determined that no, the the baby was alive when she threw it out the window. Okay, so 1947, Elizabeth Short, otherwise known as the Black Dahlia, was drinking at the hotel prior to her death. So she wasn't necessarily a tenant, but she's linked to the Cecil Hotel. And she still has an unsolved murder. She kind of gets put into the bucket because people say, you know, she was there. Was there evil around her? Stuff like that. So um, basically she was murdered and she was found naked with her body severed into two pieces. And she was drained of all of her blood, leaving her skin white. Her face was slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears, creating a smile. She had cuts all over her thighs and breasts and the lower part of her body was positioned some distance from the upper part and had been, um, she'd actually been posed with her hands above her head, elbows bent at right angles and her legs spread apart. So obviously um, a way of humiliating uh, the the corpse after death, you know, showing a, a... a lens of disrespect, if you like. In the same year, Robert Smith jumped from the building. Don't know. No idea. He just jumped. In 1954, Helen Gurney jumped from the building's seventh floor. Again, no idea. She just jumped. Same year, Julia Frances Moore jumped from the eighth floor. Again, no idea why. So in 1962, Pauline Gianni, hope I got that right. I think I did. She jumped from the ninth story of the hotel. However, so the reason for jumping was she had an argument with her husband. She jumped. She actually fell on a pedestrian, killing both of them. In 1964, a staff member of the hotel named Pigeon Goldie Osgood, and just a side note, she was named Pigeon. Uh, This is like my fourth cut saying the word Pigeon. (laughs) Regardless, she used to feed the pigeons in Pershing Square, so they called her Pigeon Goldie. Anyway, she lived at the hotel. And she was found dead in her room after being raped, beaten, and stabbed. This murder, to being unsolved. Nobody knows who. In 1975, a lady by the name Alison Lowell, 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 Lowell. (laughs) Let's just go with it, right? We're just going to go with it. Um, She jumped from the 12th floor and... She actually checked in under a fake name. So her real name is still not known. And she was actually defined as a Jane Doe. So from 1980 to 1990, two serial killers stayed at the hotel. Jack Unton Weger, Weger, I don't know how to say his name, and Richard Ramirez, the night stalker, stayed there. So Jack was known to have killed three sex workers. Um, He beat them, sexually assaulted them, and strangled them. And he was actually convicted of nine murders. Richard 
Ramirez was known to commit home invasions and murder in the greater LA area and later San Francisco Bay area uh, but he is known to have killed roughly 18 identified victims and a further list of unknown so he's a you know they found 18 and there's a stack more Richard paid $14 a night for his room he would go on his little murder spree do his disgusting deeds then he would come back to the hotel in the downstairs dumpster I think we just call them like skip bins here like those big bin things with the lids he um would throw his blood soaked clothes into the bin and then walk to his room in his underwear like blood all over his hands and whatnot so in the end I think Ramirez was convicted of at least five attempted murders uh, 11 sexual assaults 13 murders and sentenced to be killed by the gas chamber um but 24 years later, he was still sitting on death row. He actually died while undergoing treatment for cancer, uh, 7th of June, 2013. Shame. I say that sarcastically. Shame. But it kind of sucks, right? Because he didn't really pay for what he did. He died of an illness, which don't get me wrong, I know cancer patients suffer and it's horrific, but I feel like his life should have been taken from him and it should have been in that gas chamber with him leaving the known world and basically knowing the reason why he died as opposed to an illness. It just, it just doesn't sit right with me. In 1992, an unknown African-American man was found behind the hotel. Police didn't know whether he had fallen from the hotel, whether he jumped or whether he was pushed. But he came out the 15th floor, apparently, um, and he's never been identified. So I spoke about Elisa Lamb, a little bit about her very, very strange, sad um, case. And... Um, I recommend that if you haven't, I don't mean most people have, but if you haven't, it's it's definitely worth a watch. I know that some of it's been debunked, but there's still things in it that just don't seem right, or they've come up with some sort of conclusions as to um, some of the different facts in the case that seemed unsolved. I'm not going to go into it. It's it's a very, very well-known, um, very sad true crime case, and I'm sure that if you're more interested, you can Google it. Um, and, and have a bit of a there's, there's so many videos on YouTube so I will not go into that however in the documentary the former manager her name is Amy Price and she said she actually saw over 80 deaths in her 10 years tenure working at the hotel that's a lot of death that is insane in um, 2011, as I mentioned, it was rebranded Stay on Main. And um, you could actually stay there from $21 a night to about $53 a night. And I don't know how long it lasted as <laughs> Stay on Main. I don't know what the clientele looked like and how busy and profitable it was. However, in 2014, the hotel was actually sold to somebody who does hoteling as a, as a business for $30 million. The objective was a complete overhaul and it was going to cost about $100 million to completely transform the hotel from current state into about 301 micro apartments, which is insane. 
The hotel closed in 2017 for renovations. Work was suspended indefinitely due to COVID-19. However, in 2017, the LA City Council voted to deem the hotel as a historic cultural monument. So this means it will remain in its current state. The hotel was actually the inspiration for the fifth season of American Horror Story, which is an epic season based in the hotel. It's creepy, but it's freaking amazing. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. They do play on a lot of this. There's serial killers that live there. There's ghostly. It's so good. It's so worth the watch. The hotel wouldn't originally allow paranormal investigators in and people that did stay there would report of you know weird noises um you know weird activities and so forth i do believe that in the last few years the location did approve a paranormal investigation by i think his name is zach baggin i think so um i haven't watched it I don't know. I'm skeptical of these shows because I know that they dramatize and I know that they over-exaggerate and sometimes I know that they create stuff that's not there. So I'd prefer to go see it myself. I really would. I'd love to stay there. That's a lot of death and evil in one location. There has to be a point where what's the common denominator here, right? There is a guy by the name of Pete... Montezingo. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway, he is a singer and a creator, like a content creator. And he moved to LA because he wanted to surround himself with creatives. Um, he actually moved into a hotel directly opposite the Cecil Hotel. So from his room, you look out the windows, you have a perfect front view of the hotel. He watches the hotel not in a creepy way but he he will watch it and see if things have changed and he says a lot of the times the the lights will be on and then flick off um you've got curtains moving he's occasionally seen what he thinks to be as people in front of windows very confusing um But yeah, he says he sees doors opening and closing and lots of weird stuff. He will take pictures of the building at different points in time and then compare what he saw then to what he sees now. Fascinating. He also has never seen anyone go in or go out of the hotel. He will go on TikTok live and he will show the building, zoom in, have a look at you know, their movements or whatever and has a lot of people that watch because like me, a lot of people are fascinated with this place. He even claims that one night he was looking at the hotel and he had a water bottle fly from one side of the bedroom, uh, one side of his um, apartment to the other and as soon as that happened, he looked at the Cecil Hotel and was like, I wonder... Do they have something to do with it? Does the hotel have something to do with it? One night, apparently, the fire alarm randomly went off in the Cecil Hotel. Obviously, fire brigade showed, but there's no one to evacuate. How did the fire alarm just randomly turn on? 
but he has a TikTok account and a YouTube account and he's got a whole stack of videos. So he's definitely worth looking into when it comes to, you know, um, viewing the Cecil Hotel. I know that there was a movie shot there. Don't remember what it was called. And I know that there has been construction people coming in and out. I believe that there was a function there once and the front entrance was closed, but it was a back entrance thing for like a special group of people. There was obviously the paranormal investigation, but it poses the question, will this place ever be reopened? We're coming out of COVID-19 as much as we possibly can and getting ourselves back into some sort of rhythm or whatever it might be. Will the construction pick up? Noting that they can only do very minimal. I even believe the sign, so the red and white sign, I think it's white, on the side of the building was apparently painted over. And that was not approved because it was meant to remain as is. And I believe someone whitewashed it. So I'm not sure. I have to go and have a look. But that's something that I read when I was doing a little bit of um, up-to-date research. Because this is, this is something I've investigated continuously. People who have stayed there between you know the, the it being stay on main and it closing have all claimed very very like lots and lots of people have claimed very weird occurrences that they can't rationalize they can't understand and they can't really get to the bottom of one thing i know is for sure is no one drinks the water even though it is probably the cleanest water on the planet now and they've done everything possible to you know never allow something sinister to happen with the water again um no one drinks the water. I went to book I went to book it. It's available on one website and I tried selecting a whole bunch of different dates and it just says it's sold out for this date. So I know for sure when this place if this place reopens, it is going to be a flurry. They're going to make so much money getting this place reopened. The rooms look quite dated, like crappy old carpet, weird beds with like I don't know, you know that yellowy colour? Our whole house was yellow when we moved in. So I know that yellowy color and I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's so dated. It was just like a thing many years ago, that yellow and the red. Um, and we've got like red floorboards. They're not bright red, but they're like stained uh, a warmer red. And I see those two together and I'm like, ah, oh, same era. So it's sketchy. The, the foyer is stunning though. Like it's absolutely beautiful. And I get why you wouldn't want to change some of this stuff because it's historic, right? There are, uh, like, I've got a story about, you know, a lady that stayed there at one point and she had, like, a paranormal experience. But I don't think that's rare, right? That would be very common. So we come back to, what do we think? Can so much death and evil happen in one pl place? And can it then not be impacted by that? You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a point where... There has to be something hanging around. And how do you explain all of this death? It was like a location that people went to to die. And there's like, that's only like part of it. You go online and on Wikipedia, they've got an entire timeline from the date it opened to the date it closed. And all of the people who have either died, been killed, or were associated with something evil like Richard Ramirez and actually stayed at the hotel and there's heaps of it I am truly fascinated I hope I get the chance to go there I really want to travel to America I haven't been 
I, I'm actually scared to go because I feel like I'm probably never going to want to leave. <laughs> I just, it just feels such a calling to go there and to probably stay there. But this is definitely a location that I will 100% be checking out, even if it's not open and I just get to go buy it and just get a general feel. Um, I believe, you know, it's, there's still a lot of homelessness down on Skid Row. So it'd be actually a really good way to open it up super cheap rooms and to kind of give those people on the street a, a place to stay even if you know I, I believe it's broken up so I believe that the bottom floors are permanent residents the middle are short stay and then the top are your uh, the the randoms that stay there and not here and there so it's all broken up apparently well that's how it was before it closed so I don't know what do you think it's fascinating though like I could I could look at pictures and research this stuff for days I never get sick of it I find it beyond fascinating it is insane that all of this has happened in one location and it just fascinates me I'm like a, I have like a pull or a drawing towards it um Anyway, <laughs> I'd love to know what you think. I'd love to know uh, your general overarching thoughts. So, um, yeah, let's call it there, I guess. Otherwise, we're going to be here for 50,000 years talking about the Cecil Hotel. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, you can catch me on my socials at Aesthetic Vibes Pod. You can drop me an email at aestheticvibespodcast.outlook.com. Visit my website, aestheticvibespodcast.com. Drop by my TikTok, Dr. Ames Kelly. If you are looking for videos, maybe you're listening, you can hit me up at Aesthetic Vibes Vodcast. If you are watching and you want to listen, hit me up on Spotify, Aesthetic Vibes Podcast. All right, with all that being said, I look forward to hanging out with you again next week. Okay, bye guys.